right. Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. <clears throat> okay, it's Friday night. You know what that means, kids, right? Namaste, first of all. Namaste. Danny, thank you for sharing that out. Saw that in the chat. Thank you for that. Everybody else, share this out, share this out, share this out, right? Let's get some people in here. So it's Friday night. So right now we're working on this alien interview from Roswell, New Mexico that didn't take place. Finger quotes in the air. For those of you who are on the MP3 broadcast, you can't see me doing that. But those of you who are on the MP4 broadcast, you can. So this is coming to you uh, simulcast on Facebook and YouTube. And then we'll later be on every uh, place you listen to a podcast in three in the um, uh, MP3 file anywhere. And if it's not there, go to um, my Orion Rising sites on um, Spreaker, um, and you can you can get the uh, um, RSS number from there from any player. It's embedded there. You just click on it and copy it, and you can put it to uh, whatever place you listen to podcasts, and um, and you will uh, then be able to listen to it in your favorite place. Denise, welcome. Right. Okay. So, alien interview. We picked up. <clears throat> we left off last time. Last time, right after Errol was talking about Lao Xi. I don't know if I rewound it um, back to that, but since then, I've I've actually read the book. I'm rereading it for a second time now. So in the last week, I read The Way by Lao Xi, and I'm now uh, rereading it a second time to make sure that I got it. And I also reread all the tablets, the golden or the uh, emerald tablets of of uh, Thoth twice <laughs> to add to my studies. And now I'm going to look at, uh, because mentioned in here as well, the Genesis and Ezekiel. Uh, I'm going to reread those as well um, starting tonight after we do the show. Okay, so... <clears throat> So I'm just kind of letting everybody gather. It always takes about five, 10 minutes. That's why I always do that. Take a few, a few minutes. So I am doing the Wednesday show. Um, I do have an event coming up on the 6th. It's a paid event. You guys might want to take a look at that. I have that up on my page on um, on Facebook. But I keep saying, I keep threatening to put it in the in the uh, description, but I haven't been able to because I didn't have a copy of the meme, right? Now I do. So I'm going to put that in uh, the description after the show's over because I didn't have time to do it prior to. I was running around in a hurry trying to get everything ready to go for now, <laughs> right? When is this? This is now, sir. What do you mean now? How can this be now? It's now, now, sir. Well, how is it now? We haven't even finished filming the movie. Yes, it's new technology, sir. That's my um, one of my favorite scenes in in Spaceballs, the movie, right? Mel Brooks was a genius or is a genius, comedic genius. Okay, so let's pick up. Let me add this to our screen here. Add to the stream and pause it and go in full screen because you don't need to see my ugly mug in there. Okay, so <clears throat> okay, so I backed it up to the part where he's just now 604 BCE talking about, and, and, and I say he, she, sorry, because Errol is a female alien. Uh, Lao Xi spelled L-A-O-Z-I, but in fact, his proper name is L-A-O-T-U. Okay. Um, so, but it's still, it's still pronounced the same, uh, the same way slightly. So, um, instead of looking like the word lousy in our language, Lao Xi, lousy, right? It's actually Lao Chi. Do you understand? Or Lao Chu. Right. Um, it's it's uh, there's some uh, discrepancy over whether the U's there or the I's there. And everywhere I find we're uh, looking into the way uh, everybody kind of says that. So there's it says his proper name. And I think that's akin to um, like Irish with proper names. 
Um, and that's probably why I understand that a little bit more because when you're speaking to somebody in the proper, um, you know, like, uh, you know, like somebody's name is, is James or Seamus, that's, that's the Irish word for James, right? And you would say Seamus, <clears throat> that's, that's an unfamiliar uh, um, a pronunciation of their first name, a familiar, which is even more regal to someone in the opposite, the way uh, the Irish were that if you were, if you knew someone, then you venerated them more than if you didn't, because you didn't know who they were. And you, if you don't know them, you can't really venerate them anyways. So instead of saying Seamus, you would say Shehamus. Do you understand? So, you know, so Seamus means James. And instead of saying uh, Seamus uh, O'Neill or whatever last name, and, and you knew them and you were venerating them, you would say Shehamus. So you always accentuated the first, like my name was, is Leonard. It would be Lehenard. It's always that, that infliction uh, after the first couple of syllables. So it's very possible that that's kind of the way it is in Chinese. I don't know because I don't know Chinese. I just understand how uh, the dynamic works uh, that way in some languages because I am learning 14 languages, <laughs> right? So some of the dynamic. Okay, so let's go ahead and start here with the philosopher, the Chinese philosopher in the year 604. And I was wrong. I wrote that down to 640 before, and it was 604, um, because at 604 BCE, uh, before Common Era, is also BC, uh, you know, before Christ. So 604 years before Jesus was even born, um, and, and he's talking about this, this stuff, which is... Uh, everywhere, uh, and if you read the Emerald uh, Tablets of Thoth, it's the same, right? I'm doing a whole uh, discussion on that. I did that on Wednesday, <clears throat> doing the whole uh, discussion. Uh, on the 6th, I'm only doing 30 minutes, so you'll get a little tidbit of, of and that's going into my book called The Way uh, that, I'm, that I'm currently writing. And then on uh, the uh, later on in the month, I think it's the, uh, in November, I think it's the 22nd or 24th, somewhere around there where the full moon is, I will be on a paid webinar from Australia's uh, Stephen and Evan Strong, and they're on like their 14th or 15th uh, engagement into the ancient origins uh, and our ancient ancestors. And I would be speaking there for, I believe, an hour, <clears throat> and I would be going into far more details about uh, if you caught my show on Wednesday. If you didn't, you might want to catch it. Uh, if you caught my show on Wednesday, you'll see where I draw the comparison between all religions known on the face of this earth. And uh, also, I'm also aware of, uh, of, of, of the religious practices of many different aliens. Uh, so on world and off world, there's a common theme. And I'll be covering that. Uh, and all the all the tomes, they're all the same, like the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, for instance. I'll give you a little tidbit. If you read those and you discover that every single tablet is identical to the prior tablet, then you're, you're understanding what's going on. Okay. And if you don't, and you get a complete different outcome from them, that's what you're supposed to get there because it's, they're all parables. And uh, I've seen that in the um, Gnostic gospels and in the Coptic uh, gospels and, and a few others, uh, you know, including the Mesopotamian and Greek gospels. And so, it, it, you know, you look at all the religions, including uh, Viking, the Viking religions, the Roman uh, gods in that pantheon, the Greek gods in that pantheon. Every, including, and I haven't delved 100% yet, but I'm going to do that with the Vedic texts. Uh, and, and I'm pretty sure from what I remember, that's all pretty much the same uh, as well. So, Let's get into Lao Ji here, and you guys can hear, if you haven't uh, listened to the show last week, 
uh, or the one on Wednesday, then you're not sure what we're talking about. And that's why. Um, right. Thank you. And Denise said last Wednesday was great. Thank you. So, so I did back up to Laoshi because you'll see why, because that plays into where we, where we finished. And so I figured I would go from here, reiterate that and then go forward back to where we were. All right. So here we go. Lao Zhi, a philosopher who wrote a small book called The Way, was an Isby of great wisdom who overcame the effects of the old empire amnesia, hypnosis machinery, and escaped from Earth. His understanding of the nature of an Isby must have been very good to accomplish this. According to the common legend, his last lifetime as a human was lived in a small village in China. He contemplated the existence of his own life. Like Gautama Siddhartha, he confronted his own thoughts and past lives. In doing so, he recovered some of his own memory, ability, and immortality. As an old man, he decided to leave the village and go to the forest to depart the body. The village gatekeeper stopped him and begged him to write down his personal philosophy before leaving. Here is a small piece of the advice he gave about the way he rediscovered his own spirit. He who looks will not see it. He who listens. <clears throat> now, I want to stop right there really quickly because she claims here, and I don't, I haven't verified this, because she says he's leaving the gates to go out into the forest and die. Um, the version of the book that I read doesn't have that narrative. He's leaving the city, but it doesn't say he's going out to his demise. Uh, but the scene is the same, and this is the story that he tells, which sums up everything he talks about in the way in the entire book. All right, so here we go. ...will not hear it. He who gropes will not grasp it. The formless non-entity, the motionless source of motion, the infinite essence of the spirit is the source of life. Spirit is self. Walls form and support a room... Yet the space between them is most important. A pot is formed of clay, yet the space formed therein is most useful. Now that's that right there. If you if you're not unaware, those both of those lines are exactly the same. It's just a, a parable, and both of those are a parable for your body, your soul, right? So you have this avatar, but what's in it is most important within within you. That is the way to heaven, and that's what all the all the deities uh, were, were trying to describe to you. Jesus said that, Muhammad, even, well, everyone, because it's the same underlying story. Marduk, going back that far, <clears throat> they're all the same story. It's all the what I call the Jesus phenomenon. The only reason why I call it that was because that, that person who was inserted into the hero segment, the, the savior, the hero, the champion, uh, was called Jesus 2,000 years ago. And I don't find, um, I'm looking at maybe the Mormons, because they, after that, had another deity that showed up in their fables, and I haven't read that yet to find out, because it was supposed to be a man in a robe who was preaching the good book. And if that's the case, then um, then the Jesus phenomenon happened again in our modern era, maybe just a, a couple of hundred years ago. Uh, and if that's the case, we have to find out what, who the hero character was then, because they did claim it was Jesus uh, reincarnated to come and, uh, and speak again. And that goes with Viracocha. Um, you know, we're looking at, at, you know, everything you can think of uh, um, in all of the everywhere in the South America, the, the, all the all the sky God who is the sun, the sun God 
or the son of the god it, character like Ra was uh, you know, was the same character. It's all the same character. So when people say, well, they borrowed their religion, of course, from someone else. No, it's the same exact religion. They just changed the dynamic. I said this on Wednesday to fit the narrative that they had, which was the the uh, dichotomy between uh, masculine and feminine, good and evil, light and dark. So if they were a, a society that was a male-dominated society like the Hebrew religion is, the woman gets pushed to the side or back down, diminished to just the person who gives birth to the son through immaculate conception. But if it's a if it's an older uh, religion or older uh, ideology, uh, it could be both. Like the Celts had uh, the the feminine as the the dominant. The feminine was the for was forever the all life giver, and the god uh, died each year, only to be uh, to impregnate the goddess with the essence of himself to be reborn again in spring, which depicts the cycle of life and the cycle of this planet for the for the one revolution around the sun. <clears throat> so the story, the outcome of the story is still the same. Uh, it just changes the dynamic of whether the person is fighting a great dragon or if they're fighting a minotaur or, or if they're having a mental battle with uh, Satan in a garden. Uh, it's still the same savior going through the same beatitudes, going through the same strife um, to warn the people and bring the message to the people of the light. So it's all the same. Right, so that's that's going to go into my book. You guys will get more details as time goes on with that. But let's continue here with what Lao Shi is saying after he's talked about the uh, vessel, right, and that which is inside, right? right? One becomes the body and loses the way of the spirit. Action is caused by the force of nothing on something, just as the nothing of spirit is the source of all form. One suffers great afflictions because one has a body, Without a body, what afflictions could one suffer? When one cares more for the body than for his own spirit, one becomes the body and loses the way of the spirit. Oh, I didn't say it. I, I, I apologize. Divine Tiffany, welcome. You said hello. Hello. Uh, I saw you there in the chat, but I didn't want to like break it up again. I waited to the end of the sentence. Here we go. The self, the spirit, creates illusion. The delusion of man is that reality is not an illusion. One who creates illusions and makes them more real than reality follows the path of the spirit and finds the way of heaven. See, that last part right there is pretty intense, and you should really ponder that, right? Because it actually, it's almost talking crazy, but he who can create an illusion and make that more reality than reality is able to see the way and is on the path to heaven. Right, that's um, basically the same words in lines that Jesus said. The way through, the way to heaven is through me. Thoth said, "The, the he's Thoth is the same Jesus character, by the way." And he said, <clears throat> "The way to heaven is through the center." They're talking now. He said the center of the earth. Thoth did, but it is because that's still through the center of the soul, and that's what the whole three six nine thing is. Right, the energy as above, so below, which is backwards. It's actually as below, so above. And I like that the Emerald Tablets of Thoth actually uh, re reflect that. Uh, Thoth actually says as within, so without, or actually as below, so above. <clears throat> he says it properly because we are the creation. All right, so here we go. 593 BCE, the Genesis story written by the Jewish people, described angels or sons of God mating with women of earth who bore them children. These were probably renegades from the old empire. 
I agree with her here. I believe that you hear stories about that all over the earth where these gods came down and liked our women and had sex with them. And people go, well, then, you know, they were divine and they must have been gods. And no, no, they were just dudes in ships. We do the same thing and have done the same thing on this planet and did it traditionally until the planet became small because we were flying back and forth. But even then, we still kind of do it. People fly to Hawaii, right? And the first thing you do is you look around, you're looking at these hot chicks and you want to nail somebody before you leave. And the, the women are doing the same thing with the men. <clears throat> so we still do that. We still have that instinct. People fly to Jamaica and they're over there going, hello, Jamaican guy. Hello, Jamaican girl. And having an affair and coming home, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Debauchery is just that. So 3D reality, people show up in a spaceship, like she's saying, and they, they could have been of the old empire or renegades or anything, like they're saying, smugglers coming down here. And they're like, yeah, hello, you're just giving us your women, and we'll, we'll take them for the weekend. We're going to party and impregnate these chicks, and then we're out. Look at that. We're coming back here later. Right? I mean, we did that on ships sailing across the ocean. We showed up in Hawaii and got half the women pregnant. They did it on, on like just about every island that anyone ever uh, found when they've showed up and the people hadn't seen anybody yet. And even then sometimes, but, you know, look at Cortez. He landed. They thought he was a god till he started slaughtering people. The same thing with uh, Columbus. They thought he was a god till he started slaughtering people. Then they were like, that's not God. It was too late because he already had his claws dug in. All right, let's continue. They may also have been space pirates or merchants from a system outside the galaxy who came to steal mineral resources or smuggle drugs. The domain has observed. Smuggled drugs. Now, think about this. Now, Errol, here again, is me questioning Errol, saying that she's from the 12th dimension and that she's, you know, a, a trillion, trillion, trillion eons old. She still doesn't sound like it to me, right? And she's talking to that, that about 3D reality things. Do you understand? Right? Stealing resources or, or, or drug smuggling, right? That's three-dimensional. That's us here on this planet. So <clears throat> what you guys need to understand, and this is what I've been trying to tell everybody my entire life, that if a person was occupying a three-dimensional body of any kind, doesn't matter what you look like, you could be a cow. If you have, if it's a three-dimensional and you have that that capacity of rational thought and that you know that you are something, you're self-aware, then everyone else on the, whatever planet that you're on is going to be that species, okay? That doesn't make you gods. That only makes you people from over there. No different than... Uh, 500 years ago when you were, or a thousand years ago when you were over in the Middle East and the whole known world, their known universe was Asia Minor. <clears throat> Do you see? And then it became apparent that there was a lot more and people started sailing around the world and discovering new things and new places. And when they did, the exact same scenario that you see playing out uh, right here, what she's talking about that happened on our Earth is what we did to other countries, islands, and places on this planet. Okay? So now when you leave this planet and you go somewhere else where they have three-dimensional life, there's no difference. You become the alien who came from across the sea. Only in this time it's the sea of space, not the sea of water. But it is still an expanse. It's still a body, and it still needs to be traversed. Do you understand that? So it doesn't mean that these aliens are alien. They're just people we don't know, right? I mean, we call people here that are aliens or from another country aliens. So now what's the difference between from another world? They're just from another world. They're just from over there. Do you understand? If they're 3D life forms, they're in the same position you're in, in their society. The difference will be only technology and, uh, and self-awareness. So knowledge 
technology, period. That's it. That's all they have. They're living in a 3D reality just like you are if they're smuggling dope and they're, and they're uh, trying to find precious minerals and rip that shit off. That means they're just like us. They're trying to find uh, money uh, in different places. They're going around going, to, what do they got there that we can steal and, and sell over here? That's three-dimensional thinking. That's this, this place right here on Earth. So if we have the resources to fly from this planet in the next, what if we did right now? Bang. With our mentality, <clears throat> we're going to go out in the universe and we're going to pick fights. Because we want stuff. And if we get somewhere and they, and they have something that's completely precious to us, we want it. And if they're not willing to trade for it, we're going to try and kill them for it because we're greedy. Evil people do evil things. And I'm not saying we're all evil. What I'm saying is those people who are in power are mostly the people that are in the government, the governments, the people who are in the, in the militaries, those people who would be going out to space, you're, you're going to have orders. That's why I, I loved it when they did... Um, what was that movie? Was it the right stuff? I'm, I'm not sure. It was the one where it was the one where they had to go. No, it was um, one of the Doomsday movies. I can't think of the name of it right this second. Uh, where they had to go and, and plant a bomb on the on the meteor that was going to crash into Earth. And <clears throat> when they got up there, one of the guys that was the crew uh, that pulled, you know, who who's not a civilian, who was an astronaut, pulled a gun out. Right. And the, and the guy, Chick, who is the who is the, you know, the mechanic on the on the on the trip, he said, oh, man, what are you doing with a gun in space? Do you see? So when it comes right down to it, those who are going to be in charge are going to be giving orders to the other people uh, to do a certain thing, because that's what we do here in the movie Stargate. They went through the Stargate and Armageddon. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Armageddon. Yes, that was the one. And in the movie Stargate, uh, Kurt Russell was playing Colonel Jack O'Neill, spelled O-N-E-I-L-L, mind you. Um, just saying. <laughs> right. And he uh, uh, when they went through, he, they found out his mission was to uh, take a look around. And if there was anything that was hostile to to blow the 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 uh, ring the, the uh, Stargate on that side, blow it up so that they, those bad people couldn't come to earth anymore. But no one knew that until at the very end when, when we, we knew it, but no one else did until at the very end when, uh, when uh, uh, Daniel Jackson finds that out and then they end up using that bomb to kill Ra. But his orders um, were to come through and sacrifice his life if necessary to keep the bad guys from coming back to earth. So there was, so my point here is that we would be doing the same exact thing. And anybody who comes here and they're 3d and they have to fly in a ship. That means they're 3d. That means they're no different than we are. They just have a ship that can make it here. We're close to that now. And some say we already have the uh, ships. I've heard many people insiders say we're already flying to the stars, which means we're already probably picking a fight somewhere or have right. Here we go. That there are many visitors to Earth from neighboring planets and galaxies, but they rarely stop and live here. What kind of beings would live on a prison planet if they were not forced to do so? The same book also reports. So you should still got to get that dig in there to say that we're in a prison. And that, that's some of the truth with the lies, right? I mean, the, the truth is we are in a prison, but it's not, it's not a penal colony. We weren't created by a three-dimensional race and put here because we're uh, dissidents from some political, uh, you know, a political refugee being arrested and round up because we're not listening to. We would do that. And because we do do that here in this place, then, then you know, it, it, it is possible, but not plausible, because of what I read, it's not the only part that I found. There was only one pantheon 
and, and, and the Thoth kind of alludes to it, but never actually points it out. That's why I was rereading it for, for the third time. Uh, and the other one, I forget which book it is, but it's one of the Gnostic Gospels. And in there, they show that the deities down below, um, below the creation decided that they wanted to create like the creator and they created the human race. And because of that, it had the veiling. But that's not the way I heard the story told originally. So the, the story was different originally. But if you're going to try and eradicate the creation and tell the world that there is no real creation, the best way of doing that is to say, I'm your creator God. You can't prove that I'm not because you're veiled right now. So because you're veiled, you are of, of the darkness. You are not of the light. You are stuck of the darkness. So you have no memory of who you are. So then they go, well, that's because we took it from you and you're in jail, right? That's a narrative being painted by the Orion Crusaders to take over this planet. And people don't want to admit that. They would rather just go, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, more, um, it's, it's more us against them. We can fight if we are prisoners, then we know we can fight and we can become free. And that's what they want. They want us to engage in a, in a fight because that's their wheelhouse. That's darkness. That's 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 not the light. So she keeps propagating that because she's an atheist. She doesn't believe that there is anything above herself, and she's arrogant that way, right? But she's not from the 12th dimension. And if she is, then then I feel bad for uh, for all of the education that we're going to learn between now in the third dimension or the third density and all the way up to the 12th because it's bullshit and poppycock if we don't change at all in our enlightenment. And she can't be because I know what the laws are. She can't be past this, the sixth dimension anyways. So her claiming that she's in the 12th is a lie in and of itself. Her verbiage, again, says she's only a 3D uh, person. I think she's in a drone. I think she's sitting in a desk somewhere on board some spaceship. And I think she's communicating with her drone and pretending that she is a ball of light in that drone when she's not. I don't believe that she is. She doesn't speak in any way. Or, or give a concept in any way that's not understandable in 1947 3D, three-dimensional life by a person who was a Catholic who didn't think she had an immortal soul. She still understood it. So is she talking down so that she has given no indication? She's given no indication that she is anything other than that. So if you lower your vibration that much to communicate with somebody, Right. Oh, well, if she's in the 12th, she'll have that ability. You're assuming a lot of things here. You're assuming that there are 12 dimensions. We don't know. But no one knows. There's speculation. No one knows definitively. Even people in the higher plane, when Raw came through, they didn't know and said that. Nobody after the 7th comes back. When they ascend to the 7th and they go past that to the 8th, that's a new octave that you're at the bottom of a different run there. And then no one communicates in any way telling anyone below them what that place or anything above them is like. Never has. So anyone who tells you they have that information, I would love to talk to them. Right? I got a, I got a woman that I'm going to be talking to, and I'm going to find out about what she knows about that. Because she also claims that she has, is from the 12th and that she remembers herself as the god or goddess. Well, all of us are. Right? But she's stuck in that she's the one. Right. And that no, everybody else is I'm you're below me. You're not as you're not as high as I am, but you're learning, you know, and those people are arrogant. When you get that arrogance and you believe I am the one, you're stuck there. 
right? I had a, a buddy of mine that was stuck there for a while, a couple of them. I luckily didn't get stuck there. Uh, well, I think it's because when I realized the universe and, and all of that, I was very young. So my teaching then was this um, very European Druid uh, ideology. And so the duality of the spirituality uh, was already, I, I came from that kind of background. So when I came into Christianity, um, for me, it was foreign because the mother of, of the Jesus character uh, is, in fact, a goddess in most other religions. But this is a male-dominated religion based on Judaism, which is a male-dominated uh, pantheon. Most of the of those religions in that area you know, over there, the, the, where the Hebrews were and the Romans and the, and the Greeks and the Egyptians, all of their uh, pantheon were all male-dominated. Women were secondary, if not property. So they only had female gods because they needed to have children. Right. You understand? So that, but the male was the dominant all father in charge of everything. And then when it became monotheistic, they dropped the, the, the women off completely and said that it was just God. And the Christians tried that with the Trinity. They ignored the feminine completely. And they said the father, the son and the Holy Spirit, the two of them become one. That's three. And that's the, that's the Trinity when it's the father, the mother and the son become the Trinity. Or the mother father, it depends on how you put that, and that's where, in most of the books that they took from all of the Bibles, where you see an androgyny at the androgynous one. Do you understand? So, the creation is androgynous, male and female, and, and able to have children by itself through itself, and then started or thus begat the separation. And thus begat the veiling, right? That way, my Bible speak there. That way it sounds official and people go, ooh, that must be true. He sounds like a Bible. Here we go. The story of a human named Ezekiel who witnessed the spacecraft or aircraft landing near Shabar River in Chaldea. His description of the craft uses very archaic language, technically, but is nevertheless quite an accurate description of an old empire saucer or scout craft. It is similar to the sightings of Viminas by the people in the foothills of the Himalayas. See, that's why there, right? That's why I went back to that. And that's why I said that earlier and I prefaced everything with um, Genesis and Ezekiel and uh, the, the uh, Vedic texts uh, that I need to reread them uh, because of what she prodded right there and what I know about everything else. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to get the same storyline out of all of them. The creation is going to be exactly the same. The only difference in any creation anywhere around the world of any history that we have is, like I said, the, the dichotomy between the masculine and feminine and whether it was a dual aspect religion or male-dominated or female-dominated is determining the shuffling of the characters that, uh, that are in that uh, pantheon. But it's the same characters are all there. They all interact and at the outcome and the end story is exactly the same. So it doesn't matter whether you think that Moses uh, was was a prophet, or if you think Jesus was, or Muhammad, or even if you look at Zeus with Apollo, and you look at uh, Thor, or, or I'm sorry, Odin with Thor, it's still the same dynamic of a father-son and a mother-son, 
uh, and that's in all all pantheons. And those what I just mentioned to you were more mostly male dominated, except for the Viking. When you get over into Europe, Western and Northern Europe, or all of most of Europe, you have a duality uh, aspect towards the god and the goddess. Whereas the Native Americans did as well. But when you tell the stories, you have to understand. Um, Marcus, welcome, my friend. Uh, welcome from New York, if you're still in New York. Um, what you have to understand is that stories being told venerate what the society is as well. So they, of course, diminish once again. If you have a male-dominated society and a male-dominated religion, your creation story is going to be male, masculine, dominated. And then when you find other creation stories around the world, uh, if you're a true scientist, you'll you'll show well this is a, a female-dominated society or a duality, you know, duality uh, aspect of uh, uh, society. And then that changes the dynamic, but it's not that somebody borrowed uh, this this uh, way of thinking from another race that came before them. It's all the same exact thing. It's just the dynamic change, the difference between um, uh, you know the the Muslim way and the Christian way is the name of who the prophet is. That's all. Same character, same prophet. The prophet was doing the same thing, and they just have a different name to represent that hero, that savior that champion of the people, right? And Danny, right? Welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here also. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right, so here we go. Their Genesis story also mentions that Yahweh designed biological bodies to live for 120 years on Earth. Biological bodies on most Sun-type 12 Class 7 planets are usually engineered to last for an average of about 150 years. Right. And so here you see Yahweh being the word that's given. And this is why a lot of people will say, well, they, they called Jesus this and then they called him that and then they called him this. That was just differences in languages or, or the cultures like I was mentioning. So now we have the Yahweh is, is the creation uh, um, uh, name for the creator God in this uh, aspect right here, what we're talking about. And that's in Genesis. So that would be in the Old Testament. It's the Hebrew uh, creation story. It's the same character with a different name. That's all. And that's just because the, the, you have to remember that they were speaking Pharisee mostly back then. Uh, I don't think it was anything but that then. Maybe but I could be wrong. You could, you know, correct me if I am wrong. But then it was, you know, translated into Greek and then Roman and then Latin and then Spanish and then English. Right? <laughs> and then now American modernized American English. Right. So you're going to have differences in, in translations. We went over that before, you know, with Dan Brown's Song Grial or Song Grial. Right. If you take the word in this two words, song real, it means the, uh, something completely different than song real. Song real, one means bloodline and the other one means the blood of. So one means DNA, heritage, and the other one means drink of my blood, like the wine, the sacrament is, is supposed to be my blood. And the only reason for that was when you were drinking that, you were drinking the energy and the essence of the, the Savior into accepting Jesus into your soul and into you and the energy of that Godhead, right? So that's what that means. And then when you're, you know, you're eating of his flesh, that's the biscuit. You're drinking of his blood, that's the wine. And those are, you're enacting, trusting Jesus and taking him into your heart, taking him into your body and mind and soul. So you're taking his body and his, his flesh and his blood, which is his essence and his energy and his, and his intention. Do you understand? So that's the same in any religion because you always have the same character and something you do to venerate that person and accept them into your soul, that you're following that way. And that's the way that 
that uh, Lao Shi was talking about and the way of Genesis and everything else from every religion. It's all the same. Human bodies on Earth last only about one half as long. We suspect this is because the prison administrators have altered the biological material of human bodies on Earth to die more frequently so that the ISBEs who inhabit them will recycle through the amnesia mechanism more frequently. Now, here, now what she's doing is just reinforcing the ideology again, which she does over and over and over and over, right? And she's just uh, she's just uh, reiterating that to tell us because she doesn't believe there is a god. So if there's not a god, there has to be another explanation for the human race being in the condition that it's in. It's not divinity. It's not divine. So therefore, it has to be the physical. Because she does not acknowledge divinity, or I'm sorry, divinity, not divinity. Divinity. She doesn't acknowledge the divine. There is no there is no ultimate creation or creator who is above her station. Do you see? They just were. She said that in the beginning. We've been forever, and we're just forever and ever, right? We are the gods, she claims, right? Well, she's right in that respect, so she's telling truth with her lies. She's omitting that there's anything older or more regal or that there is a creation that we are unaware of because she knows that we're veiled, and yet she has to give us the backstory, and she wants us to admit to ourselves that we are prisoners because she knows that as a conquering nation, if you get the people who are, in fact, the creation to believe in something, and they they say that out loud or to themselves, I'm just a prisoner and aliens created me, once the, the population of this planet hits 51%, people believing that, it becomes so. We become prisoners, and they can show up and say, hi, I'm your God that created you, worship me. Or the, hi, I'm your savior God that created you come to save you and break you out of this prison. Either way, it's the same. It's the same false flag narrative as the as a mock alien invasion, right? It's the same exact thing as the mock alien invasion that our government has up their sleeve to get one world government. When nothing else works, they press a button. All these people fly out. They look like aliens. They're the same thing. They're just bio suits and robots just exactly like he, like she is. And we're controlling them, and then the then our good guys show up and drive off the evil aliens and fight them back like a Independence Day. And then we say it was a good thing we had all this secret technology we were working at, huh? Now bow to us as your uh, as your kings, and we're going to be under one world government because we have to now. We have to unite under one world government to fight off the the nasty evil aliens that don't exist. I mean, there are aliens, but the the force that came against us was our own people. Do you see? And then maybe that, that may have happened many, many times. And when we have the battles of the gods in the sky being told about in all the old ancient tomes, was that the same scenario being played out again to, to make people think that they were slaves? Or was that, in fact, um, you know, these other robber barons that came down to earth that were, you know, gobbling up the resources and eventually got in wars with each other and, and either chased each other off or killed each other off or whatever. And then we had the quarantine so that nobody could screw us to that anymore. But we still have the memories of those scenarios and looking through them through the eyes of primitive cultures that are superstitious, they're immediately going to say they're gods. Those must be gods. Ancient Aliens television show, 
propagates that. I just watched uh, some of the new episodes. I'm like five episodes, like five weeks behind of this season. And, you know, the one where they were, especially the one uh, five five weeks ago with Giorgio Sucolos talking about his top 10 places on the planet the entire time he was, he was pushing alien creation narrative of, of slavery. And that's what, uh, once I realized they were doing that in the history channels thing, that's why I distanced myself from that, even though I have that ancient aliens worldwide group on Facebook, which is the largest ancient aliens group on the planet, 280,000 members. It's still there for people to see the good information to learn what's going on. It's, it's only when you realize that you, you are the disclosure. That's, that's when you realize what's really going on, that all of that you're trying to learn is right before your eyes. Just like everything else, when you're trying to learn enlightenment, it's right in front of your face. You're just not seeing it because you're in your own way. Your ego is in your way and it's right in front of your face. And I realize that now when the more of these books and I suggest if you haven't read them, you should. If you are enlightened to the point where, you know, you have the eyes to see or have the, the ears to hear, you will understand these dusty tomes and understand that like almost all of them, there's only two different storylines in them. One is telling the story of creation from the creation moment to now, or actually from the creation moment to the now, to the, uh, to the uh, uh, expansion and contraction of the universe back to the one uh, before it'll do it again, like a heartbeat, right? Out and then in. We talked about that on my shows. Okay, so so all of all of that is what you need to know, and that's what uh, what Lao Chi just said to you. <laughs> and the way through that is to look within. Once you do that and fix yourself, it brightens your eyes and allows you to see things in a different light because now you're not uh, in your own way anymore. Your ego is not dictating to you what you can and can't see, and your mind isn't isn't uh, listening to the ego anymore. It's listening to reason, which is your conscience. The opposite of the ego, not consciousness. Consciousness is what you are, being, human being. And she calls that an is-be. She's going to come say that word in just a second. That's why I brought that up. (laughs) So here we go. It should be noted that much of the Old Testament was written during the captivity of the Jews who were enslaved in Babylon, which was very heavily controlled by priests of the old empire. Yeah, she's saying that, but Babylon, that was interesting that she said that because we believe the Babylonians were not Egyptian. We believe that the Babylonians were somewhere in the Mesopotamia area. Am I wrong in that? Marcus, you would know. You're my scholar. So correct me if I'm wrong in that, and unless they unless they considered Egypt Babylon. And I just did, or maybe was that a 1947 concept that we now have realized that Babylon wasn't there? Um, I'm not sure. I'd have to confer with Marcus. If you're still here, tell me what you think about that. She just said that they were enslaved in Babylon, unless she's talking about a different time period and they were enslaved in a different place other than Egypt when they were working for the Egyptians. Um, But that's not foretold anywhere, right? Unless it's something that I missed. Yeah, Mesopotamia. Thank you. So you agree with me. So she said Babylon here, and I don't know where she got that information from because as far as I know, the, the Hebrews were never enslaved by the Mesopotamians, right? Or were they? So, I mean, I know that they're connected. Yeah, not Egypt. Yeah. See? <laughs> Egypt is Egypt, right? That's where the pharaohs are. It's not It's not Babylon. She just claimed Babylon. So maybe she's talking about a different time than when Moses came to free them, uh, because that would have been in Egypt, not in uh, Mesopotamia. So that would have been in Babylon and Mesopotamia. Okay, here we go. 
the book introduces a false sense of time and a false concept. Yeah, see, so the, because of the lag, Marcus is a little bit behind me, but he said Babylon was in Mesopotamia, absolutely, 100%. So I don't know if the Jews were uh, were slaved there. Uh, let me know if they were. And we're just missing that portion of that story in our history. But I was thinking she was referring to the Bible since she was talking about the Old Testament. And here again, she got something wrong. And I try to point that out. Yeah, Egypt is separate. So in the Old Testament, they don't talk about them, as far as I know, being slaves in Mesopotamia. But then again, I am going to go back and reread Genesis and Ezekiel tonight. <laughs> right? So we maybe have a different answer next week. And I'll just keep that as a homework for myself and maybe some of you guys. Uh, and we'll clarify that. Last time I did that because I, I realized there was something wrong with the whole uh, King Tut and his father being the wrong people. And saying that Moses, when he was talking to uh, to uh, what she said was uh, Tut's father, it was not that scenario. She got those cross horned, horned and she thought that, that they were the same scenario because the mother's name of uh, uh, the wife, the woman who wanted to marry Moses and the mother of Tut, their names were so similar that she actually superimposed them and made the mistake. Right? So, right, okay. Right, okay. So here we go. Of the origin of the creation. The serpent is the symbol of the old empire. It appears in the beginning of their creation story, or as the Greeks say, Genesis, and causes the spiritual destruction of the first human beings who are metaphorically represented by Adam and Eve. See, and that's very interesting because there, again, is some truth with the lies, right? I mean, we talk about that story all the time. And, and you know, the serpent, and the serpent is reoccurring. They even had the, the serpent god, right? Viracocha, the serpent god. They, they, had, they had that all around the world. So what they're showing is, uh, and, and putting that to the uh, uh, um, Adam and Eve story. And it's not wrong in what, what, what she's talking about. <laughs> Right. It's not wrong. That is what that metaphor is for, for Adam and Eve. Genesis is and causes the spiritual destruction of the first human beings who were metaphorically represented by Adam and Eve. So the spiritual destruction uh, it, and see here again is where I disagree with her, because what was the spirit? What was what they learned? They learned knowledge. They gained knowledge. Before that, they were innocent. So she's claiming that that was the destruction of the first humans, spiritual destruction of the first humans. And I would, would say the opposite. I believe that was the spiritual enlightenment of the first humans, not the destruction. And here again, this is where I think she's trying to paint a picture that is a negative over a positive, because if that is enlightenment, then there must be something to be enlightened to or ascend to again give, giving the 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 impression that there is something above her station and that there is something that is a uh, a, 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 a you know a, a godlike or a creation do you see so the babylonian exile the prophet of daniel that's why i was uh, going to read reread re daniel to find that out thank you marcus for pointing that out see i knew you would know you're my scholar man you know more than i do i should have you on my show <laughs> have you on here so maybe we'll hook that up one day not kidding 
um, if we could get you to, to be uh, cool with, with uh, you know, talking in public. I don't know if you are or not because we've never talked about that. Okay. So I think, he, again, there where she's trying to paint, paint the false narrative of that was a bad thing um, because the serpent is not going to help you. Well, even if that's the case, the serpent is tempting, tempting them. That's like the temptation of Christ. They ate the fruit. They gained knowledge. They realized they were naked. Ooh, that was the baddest thing. It was the knowledge that crushed them. Uh, that they've learned, not that, not that they were naked, they just that was a side effect all of the, because of knowing, right? So because of that, then uh, then you know because of the knowing, then they're saying that there was the destruction. That's like the the you know um, the expulsion from Babylon, the expulsion from. It's the same story there, represented. Um, do you understand? So it's still a metaphor, and it is for the ascension of the human race, not the descension of the human race. But again, she has to claim that we're, uh, that, that, that has to be the narrative because that paints no God and that paints us being in a prison. So therefore we must be in a 3d prison created by 3d aliens. And that's why we're here. And then the whole shebang of, well, you get, you get, your mind gets erased because that's the plan to keep you here. And then we had you live shorter lives so that you would get erased more often. Right, and that way you wouldn't have time to become enlightened. But uh, but we're doing that. Oh yeah, well that's because the machine's breaking down. See, she has an answer for all of that. But why didn't you lead in with that? She's not leading in with anything we don't know. Do you see? So there isn't anything she's trying to tell us. But we're picking up on a bunch of shit that she's trying not to tell us, which tells us. So so that that's the same thing as the temptation of Christ or the temptation of of Adam and Eve. Right. In in that who wins? Is it because Christ denied the, the serpent or is it because Adam and Eve listened to the serpent? It doesn't matter because the outcome is the same. Do you understand? It doesn't matter because everyone, everything that is good or evil or indifferent serves the all, serves the one. So it doesn't matter if it looks like evil had a victory because the outcome was the same. It sent Adam and Eve on a spiritual journey to which they begot the human race, and the human race is then in turn trying to ascend because we instinctively know to swim upstream. The same way a sperm does, the same way a, a, a salmon runs, right? things they go back to the place they were born not even remembering the place when they left there but instinctively they know where to go why because we have to propagate it's the same thing with the human race and spirituality we know where to go instinctively even though our mind is wiped and we're veiled you just have to allow that to happen and the only way that you can allow that to happen is you have to take care of yourself and put yourself into a position spiritually physically mentally into a position to allow that within you Therefore, the way to the one is in within you. It's in your heart. Yeah, I, I realize that, Marcus. He says, sorry, there's a bit of a lag here. No, that's just the way it is. There is like a 30-second lag anyways, right, uh, for, that goes out. That's, we, we broadcast that way on purpose. So there is already a lag, and then sometimes it's a longer lag, depending on where you are and what your uh, your stuff is. But, yeah, so I'll have, we'll have to get together and talk about that. We'll have to have you on one of these. Um, we're doing a lot of stuff going forward with a lot of people. We're trying to bring in uh, people to talk, and we're doing webinars and all of this stuff. So, um, and then there's a lot of us that just do these shows, you know, the podcast, and we bring people on that as well. So it might be something that who knows might change your life, buddy. You might have a calling that you didn't think about, right? All of a sudden you're a speaker now talking spiritual. You'd be good at it. Okay. So 
Uh, so again, here I believe that that she's giving you know like what she's saying right here, including the installation of the false memories, lies, and superstitions. Uh, I, I see this is where uh, I believe that she's putting truth in with lies, so she can spin more lies on the truth, right? So this is one of those things where you can tell what she's trying to brainwash us with by uh, by doing reverse psychology here, right? The Old Testament, clearly influenced by the old empire forces, gives a detailed description of the Isbees being induced into biological bodies on Earth. This book also describes many of the old empire brainwashing activities, including the installation of false memories, lies, superstitions, commands to forget, and all manner of tricks and traps designed to keep Isbees on Earth. Which, you know, this is, uh, again... A very odd thing because she claimed early on over and over again she keeps claiming that we're completely mind wiped and that the old empire made sure to take all things of the old empire out of our memories and not allow it whatsoever and then she tells us that all of our buildings that we have is exactly the old empire stuff and that we're building that yet we're in a prison where they're trying to wipe our minds and keep us from remembering everything and they've designed everything to keep us away from that but everything they've designed is the same shit she just said it again that everything in that book is the old empire, brainwashing activities, including the installation of false memories, lies, superstitions, commands to forget. Well, then why is it that we, we know that? Wait a minute. Why is it that we know that? So here again, she's telling us, but prior, they're trying to eradicate everything and not let you have any knowledge yet everything in your world is hearkening back to, oh, well, that's because things are broken, breaking down, but you'll never get out because you're pathetic and you're weak. So the truth is, it's all right in front of us. All we have to do is see it. So they're, they're not hiding anything from us. We just don't know it. So they're putting it right in our face. Evil does that. So they're mind washing, brainwashing us, and they're laughing at us, and they're allowing us the stuff that she keeps claiming that they're not allowing us. The fact that, that this is the, would be the worst penal colony in the history period of the entire universe, period, if this is a penal colony. Therefore, if it is a penal colony, we're really, really, really fucked up if we can't fucking see it. <laughs> that nobody sees it, yet everyone sees it. Right. Everyone is seeing it, but no one is supposed to see it. But it's there and everybody's looking at it and they're all saying, oh, yeah, we're prisoners because everything points to that. No, it doesn't. Everything points to that only by the people who is set out to design the conversation to go there. Because when you read the books that are not designed to trap you and they're trying to show you the way, they are not this. None of it. But every time somebody is trying to trap you into believing that you're in a penal colony, the language and verbiage is exactly what you're hearing from Errol here. Echoed throughout time, echoed throughout continent, echoed everywhere. Because they are fighting a temporal war over the good versus evil. That, that plan that you hear, but the God is not sitting on a throne next to the devil and they're not equal and they're not playing chess and laughing and watching what's happening. That's on a much lower scale because the powers that should not be that are evil understand the matrix and how it works. You don't. 
I don't, and no one here on this planet does. And that's not exactly true because I actually do, and there's many people on this planet that do. But in this time and from out most time, it was the further back you go, it was the fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer people. Why is that? That understood. Why is that? Because our our planet as a society had shifted because of this little plan by evil people had shifted from the center to very far off to one side, away from God, literally as if we were in hell. Do you understand? As a species, as a human race on this planet, prior to the Jesus phenomenon's beginning, which is somewhere around uh, at least 25,000 to 150,000 years ago the first time, and probably going back before that, uh, because we don't know. We don't have that. We just have the, the memories dating back to Babylon, right? Dating back to the Greeks, dating back to the Mesopotamians and maybe the Phoenicians before them. Do you understand? We have those things we can uncover and we're starting to uncover other things that might be further back. And once we start doing that, because we have, we found cities that are dated older than that. Now we just have to decipher and find that within their texts or their pictories, they're showing us with hieroglyphs or or uh, cuneiform or something, and whatever it is that they communicated, uh, you know, and and figure out what they were talking about. And once we do, it comes down to the same story over and over again. And none of them say we're in a penal colony created by aliens. It's just these modern ideo- ideologues who are trying to paint that story. It's not in the Old Testament, and I'm going to clarify that by reading the Old Testament and talking about that next week while we do this show. Okay? Let's continue here. Most importantly, it destroys the awareness that humans are immortal spiritual beings. 580 BCE. And again, I'm going to clarify again in case you just caught this show for the first time. The woman that she's communicating to, it didn't dawn on her, even though she's a Roman Catholic in 1947, that she had or was an immortal soul. And I've asked everyone, Marcus, you're on here, so maybe you would know the answer to this as well. Um, You know, were they teaching that you did not even have an immortal soul? Because I went to Christian schools growing up and, and grew up in Christian churches and the Catholic church, and nowhere in their doctrine have I found where they say that God is the creation and God is the only all-powerful, all-living forever, and that everyone else is just going to die and wake out of existence. I don't find that anywhere, that we're not savable, uh, except for the Hebrew Bible that says they're the only chosen race and everybody else who's not Jewish doesn't get to go to heaven. Or the Mormons who say the same thing. If you're not Mormon, you don't get to go to heaven. The Christians kind of said that for a while during the Crusades. Right. So I'm not saying I'm not saying that the Christians are perfect, even though I'm a Christian minister. You guys know that Um, I'm not saying that. and I'm not trying to push Christianity. I don't believe in any religion. Jesus didn't. Muhammad didn't. None of these people that we consider prophets believed in orthodox, sit in a box and put your butt in the seat and pay a tithing religion. Because that's not the way. That's not the way that anyone who has been considered one of those people you know, we consider them to be a, a prophet of some sort. They're all professing sp- personal spirituality, personal relationship with the one, because you are the one. And that's what they're all teaching. So what what her, what she's saying here, welcome, Melissa. Hi, welcome, welcome. 
Um, what she's saying here is is contradiction to what she already says. I pointed that out, and it's contradiction contradictory to to everything that she's talking about. And when you contradict yourself that many times, she's done that at least eight or ten times so far already. Then that's obvious that to me. That's obvious that you're lying. You're literally trying to balance the truth with the lies. Yet you're saying. Like I said, on one hand, they, they've erased all your memory and you can't possibly remember anything. And everything that you have is not of what you were. And it's all completely creation that you guys have here. However, all the races do reflect the, the race where which they came from before they got here. So that's a reminder. Hmm. Right. So wait a minute. So we had to shorten the lifespan because we gave you all the reminders. Again, I'm going to stick you in an easy, escapable uh, uh, situation. Uh, inside of a, a cave with one inept guard, Barney Fife, where there's only one bullet in his pocket. Okay, so it's not a penal colony. You don't have a penal colony that, that is that easy to escape from. It is so easy that it's right in front of her face. The truth is you're only stuck because of you. Because you haven't remembered the knowledge that you need. And the, and the knowledge is the key. And the, 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 the logos is the knowledge, and that is love. Love is the key. Love is the knowledge. The love bringer is the door. And that's everything that, that, that Lao Chi just said to you. I just summed it up in that little bit. You have to look within yourself. Everyone has said that. Thoth said it. Jesus said it. Muhammad said it. Everybody is saying look within yourself. In all religions, they're all the same. They just have semantical differences between the, the dichotomy of the and the relationship of the male, masculine, and feminine, and the duality or lack thereof. The outcome is always still the same. The oracle at Delphi was one temple in a network of. And I would say that, and to to preface that, so that it's a, it's a little more understandable. Remember that. If you do believe in the laws of one or the way, then you understand that we are a creation or we are part of the one. Say, like Raw said in, in the law of one, we are the one, we are a thought. Uh, the, the one has constructed, we're a, we're a mental construct of the one, and we are supposed to be what? Experiencing every possible scenario we can possibly experience. That would be on a personal level, on a societal level, and on a global level, and on a, and on a universal level. So why would there not be differences between the religious ways people were learning to find their way back to the one? Why would there not be? Why would we not explore the masculine? Why would we not explore the feminine? Why would we not explore the duality? Why would we not explore the androgyny? Why would we not do that? Those are obvious, obvious things that we would do to experience every possible angle, every possible scenario that you could possibly imagine. So you're going to have the Viking. You have to have the Viking pantheon. You have to have the Greek pantheon. You have to have the Roman pantheon. You have to have the, the Babylonian pantheon, the Mesopotamian pantheon, the Egyptian pantheon, the Western Judeo-Christian pantheon. You have to have those to experience more. Right? Right? Yeah, Melissa said, funny with how many churches are out there. Right? I was not really raised under any religion. Neither was I. I it was, when, I, when I would do the Christian thing, that was because grandmother took me there. And then uh, when I uh, later became baptized, that was my choice. 
right? That was that was just the, you know the choice to go. That was where I was needed at the time, and I needed that learning, and I needed to 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 uh, venerate that knighthood, that that hero class, that savior class. I needed to understand that. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I didn't understand that. So I needed to become that to become who I am now. Right. And that's that's what I see that as the evolution of me, which is the evolution of the human race, which is the same evolution of you. It's we all have our own paths, but we're all reaching the same way. And that's my point of all these religions. People say, well, that religion was based on that one. It was that it's all the same, guys. Semantics are the difference. They're all the same. And once you realize that and get beyond that, that's when you get out of your own way. We're in our own way because we're cluttered up with trying to decide which one of these dusty old tomes is the correct one. When if you read them all and you actually understand them, you'll find out they're the same book. The books of Thoth, if you read that and understand it, you'll know that every single tablet of Thoth, from 1 to 14 of the Emerald Tablets, are saying the exact same thing in a parable. The exact same thing as a parable. Most of the Gnostic Gospels are the same way, unless they're talking about creation itself, which is also a parable of the, the creation of you. <clears throat> so it is the same, just on a different scale. And that explains the physical realm uh, with the Garden of Eden or these characters that we have. And then we get into the astrological realm where you have these uh, character, characters that we uh, class as gods and goddesses. And then above that, and, and the further up you go, the more oneness there is. That's the same thing. That is the creation. That's backwards in engineering the creation, starting with us as a human and moving upward instead of starting from the top down. And that doesn't matter because that's three, six, and nine. Doesn't matter if I'm going from the top down or the top or the down or the or from the down up to the top. It's still the same thing, and you're only going to get to the same place, and that's infinity. And then you flip over on your axis and you go back the other direction. And it's perfect. Do you understand that? That you're perfect, the universe is perfect, and that's how it works. That's the key, that's the door, and that's the way. I just gave it to you again in a parable, another parable. Not kidding. Many oracle temples. Each temple was a communication center. The old empire priest designated a local god for each temple. Each of the temples in this network were located at precisely five degrees of latitude intervals from the capital city of Thebes throughout the Mediterranean area. As right, so at one time, these people who were trying to take over the earth, it looks like, convinced everybody that they were slaves. Came down here and put people in charge. You're the overlord, we do it here. Do you remember the message that, that Xerxes was, uh, had sent his messenger to talk to Leonidas? I will make you warlord of all of Greece. Do you understand? It's the same scenario. That's the microcosm to the macrocosm. What you're seeing here is them talking about a time when aliens supposedly ruled this planet and they put people in charge of different areas. You're the overlord of, of, of the Hebrews. You're the overlord of the, the Hindis. You're the overlord of the Africans. And But you guys can all communicate with each other. And this is what the rich and the elite think they are now being told by these people, and they've lost, they have lost the fight, lost the war, lost the, the, the hold on the people. Why did that happen? Because the Jesus factor happened over and over and over again. The character who was the Savior, who was supposed to be the creation, his, is, it came to 
earth in a human form in many, many different places across the world to, to rescue us and let us know that we are. And that's a, also a metaphor. And people say, well, there is no proof that Jesus ever existed. There's no proof that any person in any pantheon that is picted, depicted as a God, goddess, or the Savior character, or the creation character ever existed. And all of that doesn't matter. None of it does. People ask me all the time, is Jesus, did Jesus really exist? And I tell them it doesn't matter the message that Jesus preached, whether it was made up or not. That is the message. That's the way. And people say, well, if, if somebody, they just made that up. I watched a documentary where they claim that the Romans invented uh, Christianity, Jesus Christ and Christianity. Okay, here is an example of, let's say that scenario played out. Now, I would suggest from the viewpoint of someone who believes in the divine light, who believes in divinity, let's say that was the scenario that played out on earth to get humans starting down that track. That is still the Jesus character coming into fruition as a human, metaphorically or not, to tell us this is the right way. Do you understand? So even so, it was an evil ideology that they were trying to convert, say, or get, confuse the Hebrews into a monotheistic Godhead. In doing so, it didn't change the dynamic one iota. The only thing it did was fractured the minds of the people into starting uh, 100,000 different Christian religions. But they're all the same. The difference between everyone is how you go about that. That is all. So the origin is the same, and it doesn't matter. So we get caught up in, well, that's the older one, so that one must be the truth, and everybody borrowed that, because I can see here where they're similar. Therefore, they must have borrowed that pantheon. Yeah, it is that pantheon with, from a different perspective, but the outcome is still being attained as the same. Do you see? It's just an exercise and an, and an illusion, no different than this one. Doesn't matter what you name your God. If you see that God as the same uh, uh, energy, positive or negative, then you're polarizing, which is what's supposed to be done so that you can get out of this place. So it doesn't matter. And if you don't have any of that and you just say good people and bad people on a smaller scale, that's good and evil. On a larger scale, that's the light and the darkness. It's still the same. So the semantics that we keep playing with our brain of which religion is the proper one, that is an earthly egoic thing where their pride wants them to be the top dog and take control of the planet because they want all the money. So therefore, they have to have all the people and all their minds. Why? They want control of the masses because they're evil. Evil people want control over other people. You're either in service to self or service to others. There is no in-between. And until you choose it. So some of you are mixed up and don't know because you haven't chosen. It's choosing you whether you like it or not. And that's what atheists hate because whether you like it or not, you're still loved by the one that you deny. <laughs> right? And in, in one of the books of the uh, uh, Gnostic Gospels, it says that to defy or to despise the lamb is to not be able to even see the door. Do you see? As far Let's north continue. as the Baltic Sea, 
The shrines served, among other things, as a grid housing electronic beacons, later called omphalos stones. The grid arrangement of the oracle sites can only be seen from miles above the earth. The original network of electronic communications beacons were displayed when the priesthood was dispersed and were replaced by carved stones. The symbol of the old empire priesthood is the python, dragon, or serpent. It was called the... See, here she specifies that. And this is what I said before, right? We're, we're, you know, earth dragon, right? So, so the old empire priesthood is the, is the python, the dragon, the serpent. It was called the earth dragon. Right. So this she has to claim that again, because there was a time here when everyone worshipped. I talked about Viracocha. Everyone worshipped in Quetzalcoatl, this this uh, 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 snake gods, worm gods, flying uh, dragons uh, and and the such who came to Earth and taught people stuff. And I will return. So she has to say those were not gods. That's the old empire and they're evil. Don't listen to them. Everything that we find holy she says, is uh, your slave masters trying to keep you from reality. She's trying to use reverse psychology to get us away from the ideology that we are the one, all of us are the same, because she said, what would happen if you guys all woke up at the same time and said, you can't hold me here because I am free? Can't have that. That was what she was saying there. We can't have that because you guys will just walk away if you understood that. And, and the likelihood of that happening is almost zero because everyone comes here and moves at their own pace. So some of the people that are here could be here for three lifetimes and already be awake. Other people, it takes them 10. Not all of us are going to be awake at the exact same time, no matter how hard we try. Some people are just got here. They're born and they might be adults, but this is the first time they've ever been here. They're in no position in any way to understand what I'm saying to you right now, let alone be able to discover the key and the door and to be able to ascend. So I can pop in and throw any lie into there and go, see, see, not very many people are getting out, are they? I was right. It's a prison colony. Because I'm laughing at you knowing the answer to that question and that I'm lying to you about the entire thing, and that's what she's doing. Right? And that's what she's doing. Okay, here we go. Earth dragon at Delphi, which is always represented in sculpture, and vase paintings as a serpent. In Greek mythology, the guardian of the Omphalos stone at the temple at Delphi was an oracle whose name was Python, the serpent. Oh, and I also want to point out that uh, in the Eastern philosophical thought, the Kundalini energy is the God energy. Whoops, wait a minute. So if we're against the serpent in the garden, we're against the, and equating the serpent with the devil then we're not going to accept that Eastern philosophical thought about the Kundalini energy, which means all the chakra stuff must be evil too. Do you see where I'm going with this here? Do you see where she's going with this here? Right? So don't believe in the, in the serpent God, none of the serpent mounds, none of the snakes anywhere around the world that for some reason, the people of all of those cultures ascended. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? So it's upside down. Right? No, she's saying it was all set up. It, 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 it's set up to lie about it. It's all there because it is set up for us to find. And those people who found it are the ones who think about this, are the ones who ascended. The people of South America and Central America, there's a couple of groups there that just disappeared off the face of the earth. They did not integrate anywhere else on the planet. And we know that because we've looked. Two million people don't just disappear off the face of the earth. Yeah, it does if they actually ascend. All is a one. 
Well, that's impossible, Leo. You just said that. No, I said it's improbable and almost impossible. Because if you listen to Ra, their entire species came from a planet of trees. And they all ascended as one because they weren't as violent. They had less evil amongst them than we do. We have 10% of the population is evil. Ra said they don't, they don't believe they had any. Because the trees were peaceful and pondering and wise. So some people had that scenario where they didn't have evil chasing them around because they graduated before the veiling. Do you understand? Then there was the veiling. So people were still making it before the veiling, but the veiling sped things up. So it was the veiling when all of a sudden God changed our DNA and made us uh, uh, live quicker? Is that the balance set for the, the you know, we got the veiling right? Before you lived forever, you know, 120 to 300 to 10,000 years, it's in the Bibles. And then all of a sudden we lived less and we were veiled. So is that the 50%? You have to have the yin with the yang. And I found it interesting that Thoth had talked about, because now I'm going back to mathematics, talked about the spiral and the fractals. And I just really discovered fractals in the last month or so. And I understand that the fractals, uh, and I made an epiphany, and I'll explain that in a second. I understand that the fractals are the uh, the yin to the yang, or the yang to the yin of the spirals. The spirals are perfect, and the fractals are fractured. They're 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 that way on purpose. And it, then it dawned on me last night when I was thinking about that when Thoth said it. I said, "Wow, that Thoth actually just said that." And I was pondering that maybe that was the possibility. the uh, The other side of of the perfection is the rough. And then I realized that my entire life I have seen demons, and they always appear jagged like lightning. Their facial structure is jagged. All of their features are jagged, not smooth like, like humans. And that was one of the distinctions as a boy that I understood they were actually evil was because they were jaggedy. Right? And when we do that with jack-o'-lanterns, we draw a, a jagged face. Think about that. When you want it to be scary, what do you do? You draw the jagged face with the triangles, the angles. Jagged, 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 jagged teeth, jagged eyes, jagged nose. That brings up the connotation of, of power and evil. And I've seen demons, and they're always jagged. And there's a difference, right? People say, okay, you're, you're just tripping. When I saw the angel of death the very first time, the angel of death is not jagged. The angel of death is literally what you see. It's a, it's a skeleton inside that fucking cloak. But it moves. It's fluid. It's like Jack Skellington. It, when, it, when, it's, when, the, when the skull smiles, the skull smiles, like as if it's skin. That's not a, that's not a demon of any kind. That's not somebody who's evil. The evil is jagged. Yes, it's, yes, it's balanced. Well, as you said it exactly, right? We, we draw... We draw iron and round from the, from the, I guess, I think you're trying to say thought. Um, yeah, no, it, it is. It's the balance. Oh, see, Julie, I'm going to put this up on the screen, Julie, and read it to the people with the MPP file. <laughs> Go on. Oh, my God, I believe that you just said that. Other people I follow actually saw demons and, uh, and got a video. He described them just like that. Yes. And there are all, they were all jagged. They are. Because that fractal area, that's the, the balance of the spirals. Spirals is the perfection. The fractals are the imperfection. Perfect. The 
perfect imperfection, so they're still perfect. It's the literal yin yang. Right, okay, see? No problem with what uh, the is talking about. Right, he looked, he looked very, though green colors. Right, me. Now the second is all messed up. <laughs> so, she, you know, it's okay. So, but you were saying the same thing, right? Julie, you were fine. The second part's all messed up. No, it's okay. Uh, so, yes. So they're jagged. And, um, and I didn't, and I made that correlation that, um, that, that, you know, that that was evil, even when I was a kid, because it was so hideous, uh, compared to the beauty of, of, of smoothness. And I got that uh, even as a kid. And then when I got older, I realized that, that they were demons. And then when it wasn't until Thoth, when I reread the, just last night, the Emerald Tablets for the, that was the third time I read them. Uh, and I caught that where he talked about fractals. And I didn't know what they were before that. So I think I I'm, I'm, wasn't ready to understand that word when I got to that uh, tablet and didn't see it. And um, I'm working with a woman who is uh, really super into fractals and has a app that makes them, right? Which is you just type in the variables and it gives you uh, what that would look like. And that's not hard. That's just an algorithm, right? But it's the yin to the yang or the yin to the yin, whichever one is the darkness and the light. All right. So let's continue here. She was an Isbi who was conquered by a god named Apollo. He buried her under the Omphalos stone. This is a case of one god setting up his temple on the grave of another. This is a very accurate euphemism for the domain force that detected and disabled the old empire temple network on earth. But see, you also have to realize that not just gods do that, we do that. We do that when we conquer someone. So again, the microcosm to the macrocosm. Look at when um, the um, Christians took the Holy Land, right? They came in after the Muslims had built their buildings over the Hebrew buildings. And then they built buildings over that. And the Romans before them had built buildings over those buildings. They always do that. They bought the, you build the, you raise their building to the ground, you use their foundation that they had already put down for you, and you build your buildings there, replacing your gods with their, or their gods with your gods. So it's not necessarily the god doing it. Apollo, it doesn't necessarily mean Apollo was down here and did that. That could have happened, but Apollo's not a god. Apollo's just some dude who has a spaceship. Do you understand? So a lot of what we call gods are not, they're just people. And then whether they existed or not is not actually in any way um, worth a damn to even know. And that's that's strange coming from me since philosophy was my major in college, and that you're in that and that you know. But you have to remember that even in philosophy, or especially in philosophy and philosophic thought, in that pantheon, that everything's a metaphor, anyways. Philosophy is literally the metaphor of metaphors. Right, I mean, it is the knowledge of love or the love of knowledge. So again, you have that spiral, and and so that's what you do. You're posing these questions and you're trying to get answers, and all you're doing is setting up different scenarios in your mind and discussing them. So it's just a, it's just an action in, in futility, uh, and that's why philosophical philosophers, a lot of them, you know, like even Nietzsche, when he was at the end of it and going crazy, said that it was a waste of his entire life. Right. 
because it is. It's the same as that is that uh, that Sufi that was reading every book that he could read in his entire life, trying to become enlightened. And he bought all these books and he had them in his library. And one day he actually woke up, was awake, and he took all of his books and put them out in the front yard and burned them because they were all useless. Because it is that simple. I can tell you about it. That's what I'm doing now. Those of you who are ready to understand it will. Those of you who don't, you'll either think I'm babbling or you'll think I'm off my rocker because you're not ready to be there yet. And then once you get there, you'll remember the words that I said. You'll go back and check and you'll go, oh, my God, I was listening to him five years ago. And that crazy maniac actually knew what he was talking about. Or yesterday. You see what I'm saying? Wherever it is in your consciousness that you are at that place where you are woke, you know, awake, not woke. Woke is fake. Woke is politics. Woke is is Hollywood. When you actually do wake up and remember that which you've forgotten, and then you have those tools and you see them in front of you and you know how to use them, that's when you go, oh, yeah, wow, it is really freaking simple. It's not. It's the hardest thing you're ever going to do. But once you get there, it becomes the simplest thing you think you could ever. I can't believe I didn't figure this out when I was two. But you can't. You can't. You have to go through certain steps in life to do that. And this alien is trying to stop you from doing that and propagate and uh, the, the ideology that you are a slave so that they can come and take control. That's the whole intention. Warned about by raw warned about by thoth many other many other tomes give you that warning but you have to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear let's continue it was one of the fatal blows to the old empire force in the solar system of earth 559 bce so again i'm not contesting that she's real and i'm not contesting that these events that she's talking about did or did not happen i believe that they did but she's, again, embellishing certain parts because she's an atheist. They're a warlike nation. They're no different than what she claims the old empire to be. They're just the new one moving in, conquering the old. That's all. They're just another warlike empire. Be akin to the Greeks and the Romans, right? Or the Egyptians and the Greeks. First you get conquered by the, by the Egyptians and the Greeks. You think they're saving you, but they conquered you too and moving on. Because they're conquering, conquering warlike nation. The Romans were the same way. Currently, the, the Russians and the United States and the Chinese are currently the same way. We conquer somebody and occupy them. We try to convert their people to our way of life. If they submit, they become part of our clan. And if they don't, we beat them to utter submission until they rise up against us and throw us the hell out. Which is a scenario that plays over and over and over again throughout time on this planet. Let's continue. 559 BCE. The commanding officer of the Domain Battalion, who was lost in 5965 BCE, was detected and located by a search party sent to Earth from the Domain Expeditionary Force. He was incarnated as Cyrus II of Persia during this time. A unique system of organization was used by Cyrus II and the members of that battalion who followed him from India through his progression of human lives on Earth. In part, it enabled them to build the largest empire in the history of the Earth to that date. The domain search party who located him traveled around the Earth searching for the lost battalion for several thousand years. The party can... You know, it, 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 and then there's a parody on Earth 
right? The Eagle. There was a lost battalion, Roman battalion, that went out past Hadrian's Wall and that they went missing, right? What's his name? Channing Tatum was, or Ch Tatum Channing, whatever his name is. He starred in this movie. He was going to look for, because his father was the commander, and he wanted to find out what happened to his father and that, and that regiment and get the Golden Eagle and bring it back to Rome to, to uh, uh, re-acknowledge his family and his status as heroes. Because they, they, he, it didn't matter that he died. He lost the, the eagle, the golden eagle. So here again, you have a search party going out. That these people were, were long since gone. No one knows what happens to them. And then they go all the way up and they end up in Scotland. And they end up with the, the tribes in Scotland who, uh, you know, during this movie, they, they really, really seriously mirror the Native Americans in the United States, which was at that time exactly the way that they lived. And I found that that was a, a very, very well written uh, into that because most people don't do that and they see the Europeans uh, always as something that was bigger and better uh, and more sophisticated than uh, than the Native Americans ever could be. And the fact is that we were exactly them. Uh, just small things changed us and gave us technology. And so we rate ourselves uh, even now to this day by our technology and say we're the top dog in the whole universe because we can fly. Do you understand? So there again, the macrocosm to the microcosm or the microcosm to the, to the macrocosm here on earth as below, so above. Same scenario playing out that she was and her people were having a problem. Their people went out past Hadrian's Wall, got lost, got captured, integrated with the people and survived on the planet. And a rescue party came looking for them. And that's the scenario she's playing out here. So that doesn't that doesn't tell me anything other than. Her, her, her story is still three-dimensional. It's still the same three-dimensional struggle, just on a larger scale. Again, that's why I said the macrocosm to our microcosm, or we're the microcosm to that macrocosm. So her story that she's telling us is just a parable once again. So she doesn't realize, because she doesn't believe in the divine, that that was a struggle that we all have uh, stories. In every country, there's a story of those men who went out and disappeared, and nobody knew that we were trying to find them, and we find out that they lived amongst the people and integrated with the people to survive and hid, but they were still alive out there. And someone finally goes and finds them and, and, and brings them back. We made movies about Vietnam. Those things happening and people being captured and we not knowing if they were alive. And then a group of people decide to go and find out and they go back there uh, behind enemy lines and they find them. They find bodies of some and some they find that are alive and they're they're integrated with the society and speaking their language and eating their food. And some of them have a hard time remembering English. Same scenario being played out to learn the same thing. So she's talking about a three dimensional conceptual reality. And, and trying to tell you that, that they're from this 12th dimensional area. And that if that's the case, we're still playing out the same stuff. That means we're not, we're not learning what we should be learning because if we're here learning that here and don't learn it, and we still haven't learned it, and some people still haven't learned it to the point where they're 12 dimensions higher than us and still haven't gotten that, there's something wrong with what's going on over there. The only way that happens is they're denying their maker. They're denying the, the light half of the universe, the holiness that is. And if you do that, to despise the lamb is to not be able to find the door, not be able to even see the key to find the door. Hold on a second.
Sorry, my cat was in the office with me, and he's been bugging me for about five minutes to open the door and let him out. So finally, I said to you guys, hold on a second, and I'm letting him out. Okay, let's continue here. Consisted of 900 officers of the domain, divided into teams of 300 each. One team searched the land, another team searched the oceans, and the third team searched the space surrounding Earth. There are many reports made in various human civilizations concerning their activities, which humans did not understand, of course. The Domain Search Party devised a wise variety of electronic detection devices needed to track the electronic signature or wavelength of each of the missing members of the battalion. Some were used in space, others on land, and special devices were invented to detect ISBEs underwater. One of these electronic detection devices is referred to as a tree of life. The device is literally a tool designed to detect the presence of life, which is an ISBE. This was a large electronic screen generator designed. See, so here, now she's claiming our holy symbols are actually their tools. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Melissa says, okay, that's all bullshit. When she said bull, I added the, the shit part in there. Right. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Melissa. And then, and then when you catch up to me right here, you'll you'll laugh even more. Right. Yeah. This is what happened to Atlantis. Yes. It's the same scenario playing out again. That's the same story. Yes. Now you're getting it. Right. But you would. I know, I know the way you think. Right. So you, you're getting that and piecing that together. It is the same strife. It is the same strife that needed to be learned by those people, by us, by uh, people around the world in different times. It was the same in island hopping in the in the Pacific, where Japanese guys went out there and and they were there for ten years, thinking the war was still going on, and then people found them. Do you see? Same thing. They were still fighting a war that was over long since, but no word had ever gotten to them, and they were just doing their job because that's what they did for a few years already. Do you see? It's still it's still it's just a scenario that's being played out in a, in, a, in an area for people to learn from. It needs to be there because there's a story there that you, we need to learn. Everything that happens, happens for a reason. So every story is a parable. Every story is trying to tell you something. Every dream you have is trying to tell you something. It is ours to interpret that and to see the, the, the patterns. When we see the patterns, which I'm really good at, um, I'm good at uh, deciphering things anyways. So when I start to see the patterns, I start getting onto it. And over time, I then start recognizing things because I have a really good memory. And I'll say, wait a minute, this was over here. And this was there. And this was here. And this was there. And it's all the same. Right? I have heard, I heard of the one and the way from off world before I even discovered it here in this lifetime. And the off world was, was three separate alien races talking the same spirituality. And then you had people within that same race who were the opposite, just like us. That's three-dimensional life where you're here to choose and you have good and evil and you have the exact same dichotomy going on in every society that is in this place that we're in, no matter what they look like. No matter where they are in the universe, no matter when they are when they were or when they will be. It's going to always be the same scenarios with the same stories. Once you understand that and you realize that, that's the key. That's the, the key to that, the repetition and, and seeing that repetition and understanding what you're seeing and why. The universe does that to you when, when you're trying to be taught a lesson that you chose to learn. 
and it comes in front of you over and over again, whether you see it or not, and it pops up. And most people do see it, but don't understand it was a lesson that trying to be learned, right? When all of a sudden people around them start dying. I lost my cat. Two months later, I lost my dog. A year later, I lost my brother. Six months later, I lost my mother. What's, what's the common denominator here? You, personal loss, losing someone that you love, fixing that, transmuting that, understanding that, going through that, experiencing that, and then surviving that and becoming stronger on the other side of that with that knowledge in you, around you, affecting you for the rest of your life. That's the life lessons that we learn. We talk about that. We say that like it's nothing, life lessons. But that's it. That's all of it. So we all have to, and if you look around, everybody's going through the same thing. We all think that we're the only one going through what we're going through. When you look around, everyone's going through a version of what we're going through. You, me, everybody. We all have what we put on ourselves to go through. It's nothing to do with being in a penal colony. That's just a fabricated nonsense because they're trying to get back what they lost. And what was that? That was lost the very first time the Jesus character came to this earth in human form, whenever that was, 10,000, 20,000, 100,000, 250,000, a million years ago. The last one we know about is Jesus, the Christ. The Christ means the Savior. So they're even calling him that. The Hebrews don't think he's the Savior. Well, they're right. Jesus told you that. So the Hebrews are right in that. Because they believe in, in the inner spirituality. So they don't see, they don't want to see Jesus as anything besides he was just a crazy hippie. Well, in some respects, he was. But he's not. Because that storyline is the same that they have in their dusty tomes. And they don't recognize that. And refuse to because they don't see that there's other tomes besides theirs that tell the same story that theirs tells. When all of them tell the same story that they tell just in a slightly different way, with different names. To permeate wide areas. Okay, I think we're going to call it there because that's a good stopping point at the end of, I say, okay, and my phone turns on, starts wanting to, to speak to me. Right, so I'm open to the questions. Jenny, you guys have been talking a lot and nobody's asked anything. So if you guys have any questions, um, go ahead and hit me with those, right? Because we're, I, you know, we're, I might as well go to the two-hour mark. So we got, you know, um, what is that, to, uh, 40 minutes there. Uh, 41 minutes now. So we might as well wrap it up at the two hours. So if you guys have anything that you want to talk about, go ahead and hit me up. Hit me with it. Hit me with, with the digits. So to sum up, again, this is actually, I believe, an alien, right? Um, she is smart, but she's not of the mindset of someone who is above my station at the very least. Okay. So if I can pick apart what she's saying, I'm understanding what she's saying. I'm also understanding what she's not saying. That's why I'm picking this apart and showing it to you. I also don't believe that it's the CIA playing tricks on the CIA. That would be a moot point, a waste of money, and a lot of people would get into some really serious, they'd all be killed. <laughs> right? So, boss, just so you know, that whole alien thing with the interviews that you guys did between 1938 and, and 1955, yeah, the whole thing was a, was a hoax. It was just Buck 
And he said, let's fuck with Eisenhower and those guys, man. So they made up this whole scenario and pretended that there was aliens and that you were interviewing them. And the whole thing was just the guys, not the CIA guys in the next room, but the next room after that, it was the pranking. And they were in there laughing the whole time. Say this, say this, say this. Just like the Practical Joker television show where they make you say stupid, hideous shit and everybody laughs. And the person who it's happening to is going, what the fuck is going on? This person is insane. Right. So that's what the whole thing was. No, it's not. Okay. So, so this is an alien who actually gave an interview, not an interview. She gave a dissertation. She spoke the entire time and didn't answer any questions. And she was, uh, has an agenda that she's trying to push on us and I can see it. And the fact that she is completely contradicting herself over and over and over and over again tells me that she either doesn't care because she doesn't think any human is going to pick out and understand what she's saying at all to get it. Or she's so arrogant that she doesn't believe anybody will understand what she's saying. Therefore, she can just say hideous shit and, and make these people think that they're and propagate the fact that they're a prison prison colony and never once hinting, we're your saviors, by the way. It's, it's They're indifferent. We don't care that you guys are locked up. We're going to leave you here. We might come back in about 6,000 years, but we don't have any plans for it to save you. So you're just doomed and you're never going to figure it out anyway. And I don't care. <laughs> That's her attitude. That's the attitude of someone who is not in service to others. Otherwise, when the Americans walked up and found the, the German uh, 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 gulags, like Dachau, they would have walked away and left everybody to die if they were evil. I don't care about them. Fuck them. The Germans did it. I don't care about them. Fuck them. Let them all die. And they just locked them in and left. Now, even those Germans that did it most likely mostly weren't evil and they were following orders. And, and were, had been brainwashed and bought into it. So, again, that was Jesus on the cross would have said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what to, they do. Because they didn't. They were not awake to make the decision for themselves of whether or not what they were doing was a good thing or a bad thing. They didn't understand that, that what it was, because they didn't know. They showed this scenario in, uh, in the movie... Um, Oh, Jesus, what was the name of it? It had uh, Jeff Bridges in it, and he was the wisdom. And he was teaching uh, this, this young boy who was adept enough and starting to understand and see that there was a matrix. And he was teaching him the wisdom of the all and that they had taken from everyone. And that wisdom came at a price because uh, you, you learned about hatred and war and famine and evil. Uh, and all the things that people did. But then there was the other side that was love. And that whole movie was, again, was a, a parable on that, on, on your life and you being veiled and then the veil crossing the veil of knowledge into the light. And everything was black and white until he started crossing over the veil and then he was seeing the colors. And he started seeing more and more colors as he was becoming more and more awake. Do you see? That's that's another whole. That's why I was talking about doing movies uh, and talking about them, uh, like the movie The Matrix, because there's so much uh, of that in the movies. These people were brilliant that did that. They knew what they were doing when they wrote it. Just like if you watched a Superman movie that was remade anywhere in the last ten years, you were watching the Jesus uh, uh, character because it was designed that way. It was designed that way because people love watching the you know Thor character. He again. Uh, all of those storylines they're play, playing out are the original stories and they show they show differences in their costumes and small minor things but they're telling you the same exact story again 
And these producers and directors did that on purpose. That was what they were intended when they were written as comic strips anyways. This is all the different people around the world that are awake enough and some not even realizing they're channeling that energy that's putting right in front of you, me, and everybody else that exact thing. But then you have people who don't see those things there and they go to Dusty Tomes and they read those because that's where they expect that it has to be. Joe Rogan made a great comment. Somebody put a video of his together where they had interviewed him, you know, because he was doing, he does his own podcast, which is huge, you know, but they were interviewing him uh, or, and some of it was his podcast where the guests were asking him questions and he was talking about reality and he was talking about the whole thing. And he had said, you know, that it's stupid that we're looking at, that we look back in history and we find something written down on animal skins and it's the oldest and we say that that must be the way uh, he said when we that's stupid we should be looking into ourselves now here and finding our own way and he's absolutely 100 right but you have to first learn that there was something else and see those similarities to understand that you're supposed to do that you have to have knowledge joe joe rogan is awake enough that he has that knowledge or he wouldn't have said what he said the way he said it so he is awake enough to understand we don't need to spend our entire lives reading all of those old dusty tomes unless we get them. And until you get them, and after that, you don't need them anymore. I just keep rereading them because I keep putting correlations together, and I'm going to be doing that, and it's going to go in my book where I'm going to literally outline, here's a passage, here's a passage from this one, a passage from that one, a passage from this one, and all of them mean the exact same thing. Here's another passage, and, and I'm going to go right down the line and show you guys how how literally all of these tomes from all around the world are actually saying the same things. And some of them are just repeating themselves. Each tablet or each uh, chapter is repeating itself literally as a parable. And they change the the verbiage. In fact, the, the, the way that most of them are coming through, and that might just be, and I, and I need to find somebody who uh, speaks a different language, uh, English being my uh, first language, uh, I'm, I'm hearing them all in different forms of English speaking from old English to current. And there's like, you could have literally one line or two lines in one paragraph that is in modern English. And then the next line is a hundred years ago, English. And the next line is 200 years ago, English. And the next line is 300 years ago, English. Uh, and, and that crosses over instead of the whole chapter being the same, it's that first line is shuffled. There, so the whole thing is done like, uh, and I'm going to have to look at that too. The whole thing is done like uh, uh, Nostradamus did, where if you actually understand what he's doing, you'll catch those things. So I'm going to have to go back and reread that, dust up my old French, my 15th century French again, and uh, translate those again, because some of the things they don't translate properly. And I caught that. So I've taught myself to read old French uh, about 20 years ago. Uh, so that I could actually reinterpret and see if the person who, because they give you what he wrote, and then they give a turn in their interpretation of it, right? And their 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 uh, translation of it, and some of the translation doesn't translate right. Some of the people are honest, and they say this word here, we're not quite sure if he meant this or that. And so it could be either. And that's the, that's the best scientist because they're pointing out that they're confused here and that those words mean different things now than they did then. And they give you what, what the sentence sounds like with one. And what the, that's a true scientist. And I applaud them every time I see that. That's a person who's not uh, doing like Stitchin did and saying what I'm saying is the truth. 
right? And people always point out that. Everybody says, no, 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 what Stitchin said is the truth. Okay, so the word Anunnaki that he got doesn't appear in, in uh, what he's trying to say. He put those together. Uh, or, or actually it appears, but it's not. It's actually a Greek word to describe um, not the Anunnaki, but the Anuhim. Okay? And that there was no representation. So Anu, because it's in that word, Anuhim, Anu means he thought was uh, was uh, the was the god Anu, right? From a different pantheon now, and said that that you know the 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 rest of the word meant uh, you know of, of the earth, the Anuhim of the earth. So he's saying that it means those from the heaven came to earth when it's when it's the son of of man. Do you understand? That's the hero character that they were talking about. That he says Anunnaki, and so he he says it's got to be the god Anu because the word is is Anu, him, and him became the the Naki word because the 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 uh, the uh, uh, what is it the how does it go? I'm not exactly sure. It's like the the him is is, uh, is when you put together put them together. It's a it's a combination word. So the the him was was the and no him. And uh, and so that sounded more like the uh, uh, more likely when he translated it to a uh, mean of the earth or or to earth, and it didn't. It meant of man. So the Anunnaki became a race of beings who from the heavens came. And Giorgio Sukolos jumps on that and he repeats that over and over and over and over and over and over since 2010. And the translation was wrong. It was translated like they did the the uh, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Okay, and that happens a lot with languages, especially with Hebrew, because every letter is also a number, right? So then you translate it into three different languages before it gets into the modern English, and people start taking words out of context. Zachariah Stitchin's looking at something that is that is from Mesopotamia, and he's translating it into a Greek word. And then from that Greek word, because that Greek word means God, because the word Anu was in the first part of it. So that must be the God Anu that the Greeks were talking about. No, because it wasn't the Greeks who were talking about it. It was the, the, the Mesopotamians, right? It's a Babylonian word, not a Mesopotamian word. Do you see? So he translated that wrong thinking he was right and it came to, to be those from heaven came to earth when it meant the son of man you can look that up there's a lot of scientists who will correct that and that that changes the basis for everything that he said from that point on he didn't he wasn't a scholar in i'm not either i'm just saying i've read the reports i've looked at the scientists who are and showed that his translation was wrong not all of them but many already i just did that in this last week Okay, so the translation was wrong, and he didn't. And then he took assumptions because of that, and basically started filling in the narrative the way that his assumptions were. And that became they live on this planet called Nabooru, and they come down here, and they're our slave labor guys, and they created us. And it has nothing to do with that. It's the hero, the creation, the word, the sun. It's the Jesus phenomenon that they were talking about, who created the human race, God, and the word of God created the human race, not some a god named Enki or Anu, or any of those names. Those are just names that were put in place to fit their deity at that time. Do you understand? And he took that as uh, out of context and applied it to a different pantheon to get the answer that seemed 
plausible to him. And he was wrong. Didn't mean that. Song Real does not mean the same as Song Real. One means holy blood. One means holy bloodline. Do you understand? That's why Holy Blood, Holy Grail. That's why that book was written. And that book was one of the books that Dan Brown wrote when he did the Da Vinci Code. I know that because I read the books that he read. So I know that everything that when I'm watching the movie or reading, then I read his book, read his book and then watched the movie. I understand the symbolism of everything he's putting in there and paying homage to the books that he read prior, which I read and I used to own them. And I saw every aspect of it. Oh, that came from Holy Blood, Holy Grail. That came from Arian or Knights. That came from the Templar Knights. And knowing that that's how I knew that he read all those books because I had. And so I saw the footmarks. I saw him naming Lee T. Bing, which is an anagram. Uh, for one of the writers from uh, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. That's his name rearranged, right? All right, so like I said, we're going to call it here. we got a few more minutes. Um, yeah, I'm looking at what you guys are saying here, and you guys are going on about stuff. No questions, but you guys are talking about everything that I'm talking about, So, right? So it's okay that you guys are doing that. I'm cool with it. Um, but yeah, you, you guys just need to see that once you get to that point and you start seeing patterns in everything, that's always good. So if you're seeing the one, 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 two, 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 three, 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 all those things, that's your, your, that's your repetition. That's your body trying to tell you to see those because you're supposed to be seeing the patterns because this is a spiral that you're on. Um, so everything is cyclical and, and you're supposed to see that. And that, that is to drive you to remind you that everything is cyclical and you're supposed to see those numbers. And you're supposed to understand what they mean and determine the difference between the positive and the negative, right? We have 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18. Those are all positive. We call them positive numbers. 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, and, and, and on, 11, uh, 13. All of that is the negative uh, aspect of the duality of 3, 6, and 9 being, uh, even though it goes, you know, the 3, 6, and 9 is a spiral going in one direction and 2, 4, 6, 8 is a spiral going in the other direction. And when you get to the infinity, which is eight, can only be achieved by the nine or the eight. Those are both the hex boson, the God's particles, and that creates the infinity. Do you understand? Those are those are the, the equations that get you to infinity, whether it's a positive or a negative spin, whether it's a positive or negative polarity on the universe. And then it becomes an infinite when you, when you combine the energy of the eight and the nine, both are the God energy, the God particle, the hex boson, if you're looking at the table of elements. And that creates infinity. And, and, and there is no such thing as a shorter or smaller infinity than something else, because then it's not infinite. <laughs> infinity is infinity. It's just a matter of whether it's on a large scale or a small scale. It is still forever. It is implied in the name. It is perfection. Do you understand that? Okay. All right, guys. I love you. I'm going to call it for the weekend. Um, come back Wednesday. Uh, I might have Miguel on this week. We're trying to get him hooked up. So you, we'll take your guys' uh, questions, and we will be talking spirituality uh, and taking your guys' questions. Miguel, if you guys have seen him, some of you have. Some of you know what I'm talking about. 
right? Uh, so we'll we'll have some good conversations, I'm sure. And then Marcus, at some point, I'll have to get you on here, <laughs> right? And that woman who's talking about fractals, um, I she's been wanting me to get to uh, FaceTime her so that she so that I know she's real. And I'm like, I believe you're real uh, because I, I get what you're doing here. So don't think that I don't think you're real. Uh, so I need to talk to her though, because there's a lot of things that her and I got to go around and around for, because she's about nobody, you know, every time I was talking to her about the, the highest creation, she was like, oh yeah, that's on a sub level about 12 down from the top. I'm like, what's the top? I'm going to go far, go higher, keep going up. Where's the deity? Keep going, keep going. And she would, she would not, she would not get to the end point of there is this thing that either was creation now creation or was nothingness and then became she refused to get that she has all these different levels of inserts of of there and that reminded me a lot of errol uh and reminds me of someone who's in service to self uh and they're going yeah yeah so yeah there's some there's these things and but they're not gods they're just um you know people that are lords and and uh, uh you know stuff like that and they're in charge of different sectors and, and and okay keep going higher keep going higher i said that to her one day and she did she went through like eight levels i'm gonna keep going go just take your chart and go to the top please why do you keep going up one run at a time she wouldn't answer that so that's the kind of things that we're going to have questions about and talk about off air uh and maybe even debate on air but i, I have to test her and, and not the, uh, her knowledge but to make sure that she understands that if i'm doing that we're, we're playing the opposite sides in that she's playing the the side of the of the devil and I'm playing the side of God, uh, and if she's like, well, I don't want to do that because I'm God. Well, no, no, you're not. If you think you're God, you're not. <laughs> okay, we are all God. We are all one. And to separate yourself out and say I am this, I am all, I am one is ego. Because now you're trying to say it's me. I'm the most important. None of you else are. You're all beneath me. See, that's ego. That's putting, that's putting yourself before everyone else because we're all, we are all the creation. All of us. We are all the creator. Each and every one of us together. When we take all of us and mash us all and our minds meld and our souls meld and become one. And that's collective consciousness of the entire vibration of every universe and every reality everywhere that you could ever possibly imagine infinity. Right. And beyond. Wait, what? There was the teaching there, right? To infinity and beyond. There was a teaching for kids. To look for infinity. Do you see how they snuck that in there? Do you understand that? It's in everything. We do that with everything. It's just you, people don't notice and catch those things. And when I said it, I said that's infinity. And my brain finished that. And, and you know, to infinity and beyond, Buzz Lightyear. His catchphrase is in people's heads, children growing up, to seek infinity and beyond. Do you understand? We put it right in front of ourselves over and over and over again. And until we actually read it and see it or actually hear it and, and see it, till we make that connection, we don't see it. But then you can never unsee it. That's the beauty of ascension. And they say, oh, but you can. You could be mind wiped and you will. As soon as you die, fear death. Fear it. Because as soon as you die, you're going to get caught in the trap and get mind wiped. And you're not going to know any of this because you're a prisoner, man. I want you to believe that's so bad. I'm putting it in everything that I can possibly do. And then when you read the actual tomes everywhere, they're telling you, yeah, yeah, you actually, you are a prisoner. Uh, you're a prisoner of your own mind. Okay. 
Imagine this. This this is more than likely what has happened. <laughs> There's a couple of scenarios. I normally don't do this, but I'm going to go ahead with this one right here. There's more than just this one. But I want you guys to ponder this. This is homework. For anybody who's still here, this is homework. Ponder this. There's a very distinct possibility that, wait, let me, let me preface that, and then I'll go back to that. A show of hands, how many people saw the movie Dogma? Right, done by you know, Dave, uh, Dave, uh, what is it? Uh, what's his name? Dave and Silent Bob, or whatever it is. Jay and Silent Bob. Right, that that movie was this was the parody. That movie in that movie, the preface of that movie was that God came down to Earth in human form to go on vacation to Rollerblade, got hit by a car, and is in a coma in the hospital while he's unconscious in the hospital. Evil is wreaking havoc on the world. Do you understand? And then you have the angel of death trying to get back into good graces with, with God, and they're going to storm. They use a, a technical difficulty to get themselves back into heaven by debauching themselves and falling like fallen angels and chopping off their wings and falling to earth and then killing themselves or being killed by proxy, by uh, suicide by cop, and then they get to go to heaven. And then you have the prophet who's on the way to save the Savior, but they have to uh, round up some more people, and, and, and the Nephilim comes down, and that's the character that she douses it with fire, and or douses his fire, and that, that's the whole storyline. It's, again, the creation being played out as a comedy. It was beautifully written, and I'm not sure who wrote that. Uh, I'm going to look into that. I, I laughed and smiled about that. And um, and all the chaos is so in insane uh, in, during the movie that most people don't really catch the message that they were trying to tell you. Now, have, having said that, one of the possible scenarios is that we, as the creator, decided we wanted to experience everything known to mankind or known in the, that there could be possible. So we created a different thought for every single scenario and realized that that had to fracture more and more and more and more and more and more and more because there was more and more infinity. And I believe that what has happened is possibly twofold. One, there's either a, uh, a schism in our brain and we have gone mad and we are in a catatonic state because we have fractured our mind into a bazillion, billion, billion, infinite pieces and, and sent them out as, as nothingness to re-evolve into and, and constantly become. So in this place, we are the lack of the mind. We are, in, we are veiled, and we don't know that we are the one. Uh, Edgar Tolle once said of the third dimension, what is the purpose of the third dimension? What is happening here and what is happening now? And he said that, that the creation is becoming aware of itself in the third dimension. So what's happening is we, the creator, are becoming aware of ourselves in every dimension concurrently at the same exact time. We created all of this to strive back to who we are, but we are also becoming one in each of these octaves. And that's more than likely what's happening. Not the part that we're maybe insane, but that we have fractured to the point where we think we are, and it goes just to the fringe of complete insanity, and then everything comes back to the one. So it's not out of control. 
out of control would be the three spiraling you know, outward, 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 or inward, inward, inward. It doesn't matter. It's a matter of your perspective. And then in the three and the six and the nine and the, them going in opposite directions. And then the nine not stopping them and turning them over. And you just spin inward forever and infinity and outward forever into infinity and never uh, turn back over on itself. Then you would lose your mind. We would lose ourselves and the universe would expand on forever and we would become thinner and thinner and less and less and less aware of ourselves but that's not what happens there's a definite ending and everything starts to collapse back on itself and spirals back inward again so the universe itself everything in the universe is playing out that spiral scenario of out and in out and in out and in or in and out in and out just depends on your perspective of where you want to start with what positive gain whether it's inward or outward thoth would say it's inward jesus would say it's inward so when we see hear things like of the night we think that means of the darkness of the evil but it does not it does not mean that that's been twisted that's another thing that's been twisted to make you think that the darkness and the light are different from each other and that the darkness is evil and the light is there. And then they try to trick you by saying it's the light is evil. And if you go into the light, then you get brainwashed and you get mind wiped and you have to start back over again. And you don't know that you're a prisoner. <clears throat> That's again, one of those lies that they're telling you. It doesn't matter which direction you go. It doesn't matter if you go into the light. It doesn't matter if you go into the darkness, you're so still serving the one and the all. <clears throat> and you will still reach the one no matter what you do you can become as evil as you want and eventually you have to change your ways because you can only be so evil and then you have to change to to go forward towards the one the one does not allow evil to be uh, the equal to itself ever so <clears throat> more than likely <clears throat> if you understood what i just said then you actually are are, are very much you know, either awake or close to being awake because you actually understood what i just said right Okay. And if you didn't go back and listen to it again, and if you still don't understand what I said, you know, contact me and maybe we can work together and I'll help you understand that. And it's okay if you don't, because there are many things that I don't understand and I don't pretend that I understand everything. So there are things that I'm just now learning as well, just like you guys. I am a, a, a project, right? And I am, uh, it, you know, something that is evolving and has and will continue to evolve. Even if I wake up and think, wow, I know everything. I'm going to know that I don't. That's one of the first things you learn in philosophy. It came from Socrates. I know that I know that I am I am so smart that I know that I know nothing. <laughs> that's a paraphrasing. That's not his exact quote. Right? And ignorance is bliss because you don't worry about it if you don't know about it. Once you learn knowledge, you can't unlearn it. And then you have a responsibility to help. Because that's part of the job. You can't become the teacher without learning first, and you can't teach unless you continue to learn. So that hence the learn, teach, teach, learn from the raw, the humble messenger of the one. All right. I love you guys. You guys have a great night. We're going to end here at that. So let me write that down. It's a, it's a, it's a 253 uh, mark. I'm going to write that down right now because if I don't, I'll forget, and I'll be trying to figure it out next week. Where the hell were we? Where the hell were we? So we'll put 253 even. Okay. So that way I know for next week. And that's where we'll start <clears throat> right there at the chapter beginning, which was a frame or two behind us. 
Okay. I love you guys. Share this out. I will see you. Those of you who are going to tune in on Wednesday, if not, I'll see you. Those of you who are going to turn in, tune in next Friday. Uh, again, I will be doing a speaking engagement that's paid. It's $11.11 if you want to tune in. Uh, and that is on the 6th. And I believe I'm the first speaker unless it changes. I'm going to be talking 30 minutes and you'll probably hear a lot of what we just talked about here. Um, and it will be a, a you know only a 30-minute version. But then uh, I believe I'm getting an hour uh, at the end of next month. Uh, and that one is a $22.22 um, Australian dollars. So it's it's cheaper American. I don't know by much. It's like 18 or 17 or something. Uh, that's going to be an all-day event. And I don't know where I'm going to be speaking or what time yet. I haven't, I haven't gotten the schedule. Um, I just confirmed that I could talk about the creation uh, of the of the uh, human race and uh, show that aliens are also using that same creation story. Uh, like I said, I, I learned more about the creation uh, of, of the world from aliens before I learned about these dusty tomes that we had here and then learned that it was the same creation story. So it's not just us using it here. It's beyond here in the same uh, reality, in the third dimensional reality on other worlds. They have the exact same creation story that they're playing those scenarios out as well, just like we are here. Okay, so that's uh, that's a common thread that I that I noticed, uh, and then I put all that together with uh, the common thread here, and then realized that it doesn't matter where you go, there you are. If you're in a third dimensional body, no matter where you are in the universe, you're learning the same things we're learning, going through the same problems that we're going through, having the same dreams and aspirations that we're having. You're just having them as whatever it is that you are. In this place, we're human. All right, guys. I love you. Namaste. Thank you for being here. I'll talk to you guys next week. Like I said, this is uh, Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show.